Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome, friends, to another r/slash entitled parents video. Today we've got a lot of hard-hitting stories, and our first story of the day is from I Love SD 2013. Stepmom doesn't give her work contact info to my school, and they can't get a hold of her after I got hit by a truck after missing the school bus. I'm legally blind from birth, and when I was in high school in 94 and 95, I used to ride a school bus even though I lived close enough to walk to school. One day, I woke up late just as the bus had honked and drove away. I didn't want to be late, so I quickly got dressed and booked it to try to get to school. I get to an intersection where I crossed safely going eastbound, and then I almost got across the other street each time when the light was green for me each time. But as I approached the corner, a guy from Wyoming had been flying around the corner at a high rate of speed and hit my right side. As he did this, my body twisted and I faced him as the grill of his truck hit my front side and I fell back and landed on my back, rolling to my left side. The guy stopped and got out of his truck and asked me if I was okay and he drug me by my right shoulder up over the curb onto the sidewalk and waited until emergency vehicles came screaming down the street. Then he bolted. Unfortunately, they couldn't get the last two letters of the plate, so they couldn't find the guy. Luckily, someone in my neighborhood had passed by and saw it happened and stopped as well. But they were unable to get the plate number, but they were the ones who took me to school after the paramedics checked me out. I was afraid I was going to be in trouble with my dad and stepmom because because if they were going to get any medical bills, because in the past they would always complain about how much things cost. I was very stiff, but I was trying to walk off the pain because I was always taught to walk off the pain when I got hurt as a kid. So I tried to hide any pain and acted like I was okay. When I got to school, I went to my first class of the day and my drama teacher noticed that something was wrong. Because of what I told her, she had me wait right where I was and had the principal come to the drama room. She explained what happened and he and the school cop, after trying to contact my dad and stepmom at work and having no luck, drove back to my dad and stepmom's house. I went to bed, and later, after they got home, my dad got a call from my grandpa. The thing I didn't know is that after I was dropped off at home, the school got a hold of my grandpa while he was in the hospital across the state, because he got hurt while helping my aunt after he fell helping her work on her car on the ice. They let him know I was hit, and my grandpa informed my dad that I was hit. My dad came down to my room and proceeded to chew me out for getting hit while I didn't know his or my stepmom's work numbers. They took me to the local hospital and they checked me out and they acted like it was no big deal and sent me on my way. Something you need to know is that I haven't lived with my dad and stepmom my entire life. I lived with my grandparents for quite a few years and only just a few years with my dad and stepmom. Ever since my dad and stepmom got married, my stepmoms always referred to me and my siblings as my dad's kids. The reason I learned later on why the school didn't have my stepmom's work number is because her work had a perfect attendance award. And if she would have to have left work to help me, that would have interrupted that and she wouldn't have received that award. 
I believe that no company should hold a perfect attendance award over someone else's head in the way they did if my stepmom's company did. She worked closer to my home and to my school, where my dad worked farther, and he rode a public transit bus to work so he couldn't get to me on a whim like my stepmom could have done. By all means, my grandpa was pissed. He reamed my dad a new one and my stepmom for not providing her work information. The only number they gave my school was the home phone. Like, I get that it's the stepmom, but I think we can all agree that they failed their job as parents here. Do you think that a stepmom who didn't legally adopt the kids still fell short of whatever obligations they should have? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Lord Ray, entitled Mother Gets Outmaneuvered. Back in the 1980s, my dad was the manager of a Kmart. There was a lady who accidentally locked her baby in the back of the car and her keys inside with it. She had come into the store because no cell phones back then and she wanted them to call a locksmith. This was Texas in July or August, so really hot, really fast. The locksmith and police get called. The baby was crying and in distress while they waited on a locksmith or the police and everyone was getting really nervous. But the mom wouldn't budge on them damaging the car even to save her baby's life. People were saying, your kid could die. And she said they'd be fine and to wait. She said she would sue anyone who damaged her car and it was brand new. That's when this large, way over six feet Texan walks up to the lady and says, Do you know who I am? The lady gets incredulous and says, of course she doesn't. He then says, good. And then his cowboy boots kicked in the front window of the car and walked away while she shrieked and all the people gathered to help the baby. Cops and ambulance showed up later and she wanted the guy arrested, but no one knows who he was. And he had vanished at that point. My dad was pretty sure he was friends with at least a few of the workers, but yeah, on that day, no one knew who he was. Dad's got a bunch of stories from his old days of retail heck, but that's my favorite and I've heard it many times over the years. Mom confirmed it too if that helps because she had shown up for lunch with dad and saw all the cop cars and ambulances that had arrived. It's disappointing that it had to come to this, but because of stories like this in the 80s, 90s, and even earlier and some a little later than that, a lot of places now have good Samaritan laws that protect you for kicking in or breaking a window to save not just a kid, but also a pet. It sucks for those that had to suffer because there's fear of repercussions in just trying to save somebody's life. Our next story is from Mikhail Tay. Why my dad tried to kill me the first time. On Monday, the 5th of November, 2019, I had a GCSE class with my twin brother. Now, I used to self-hurt on my left hand because at that time, I had seizures for around two and a half years without them getting treated because my parents refused to and I was bullied in school because of them, being called possessed and all sorts. So I started the self-hurting, but then my parents stopped talking to me because I was hurting myself and it just got worse. A student in my class kept on asking about my marks on my hand and I refused to tell her because she would tell a whole village within an hour and I didn't want that. She then goes and asks my brother in front of me and he tells her. I told him like 20 times to stop but he carried on. At this point I just told the teacher because she knew about my situation. She only spoke to him at the end of the lesson. My mom used to pick me up because she didn't want me to have a seizure on the way and for someone to call an ambulance. 
since they didn't want me to get medical attention for the sake of their reputation and the family name, and my brother because they cared for when I came to the car, my dad was on loudspeaker on my mom's phone. He starts to yell at me from the bottom of his lungs, how dare you bully your brother? I'll rip your mouth open when I come back home, he's worth more than you. You should be kissing his feet. At least he doesn't have seizures like you that tarnish the name of this family, you disgusting being. Watch when I come back home. I'll kill you. No, I was scared for my life. We went back home and I was shaking in my room. My dad finished work at 7pm. He arrived home at 7.36pm. He screamed my name to come to the living room. He then grabs me from my collar and drops me to the ground hard and my lip starts bleeding. He then crawls close to me with his hand in a fist, giving me threats whilst being so close to me. I was scared that he would just swing his arms at me. He then said, You know I can beat you so hard and leave no physical marks on you and let you internally bleed that when you even try to report it to social services or the police, they won't believe you till you pass, even if there were marks on you. I can just simply say you hurt yourself and then you ended things. He then says, You know I can just end things this second right now and I'll just throw your body somewhere. Then he was about to smash his fist on my face until my mom grabs him and stops him and I run to my room. One of the more devastating aspects of OP's story is the fact that the mom was overly complacent with this, like literally stepping in only at like the last possible second. I just can't imagine how devastating it is not only for OP to have gone through what they did here, but to also see their mom idly standing by watching it happen. This next story is from Morningstar666, entitled Mom Changing Diapers in Restaurant. Today's Coffee Potty AITA post has reminded me of this one time many moons ago. When I went to have lunch with my parents, we went to the usual place, a lovely pizzeria with a huge terrace. They changed it to a sushi chain a few years back and it sucks now, but that's another story. We sat down, ordered, and enjoyed some chatting while sipping drinks. We immediately noticed a table of about six women, the entitled party. They were loud, obnoxious, and absolutely didn't consider other visitors of this establishment. They had four kids and one infant with them. I remember one of the kids, the oldest one I suppose, was sitting down and quietly enjoying ice cream, while the remaining three hex spawn run amok around the tables. The moms were laughing and enjoying themselves, while my patience was dropping to zero very fast. After the kids chose our table to run around, I sternly told them to stop that and go to their own table. The mother shot daggers in my direction but didn't say anything directly to me. They just called their kids and told them to go play in the kids' corner. It took about a minute and the kids were back. That was also the time when our food came in. They almost caused the waitress to drop a plate as she stumbled over one of them. Luckily, she managed to make it. She went to ask the table to mind their children. The mothers played it down like it was no big deal. They're just children, just playing. Apparently they didn't realize that a restaurant is not a playground. They also didn't realize that a restaurant is not a toilet slash parents room. So you can imagine my disgusted surprise when the mother of the infant took the kid out of the stroller and changed him right there on the bloody dining table. We've already finished our meal but I was pissed anyway. Not quite sure what was going through the entitled mother's head, but apparently her two brain cells were too busy trying to find each other in the empty space, so nothing useful came out of there. 
Once she was done with changing the kid, she just casually put the poopy diaper on the corner of the table. She packed it into a small package, but didn't put it into a bag or anything, expecting the waitress to just pick it up and throw it away. Nobody washed or sanitized hands as well. I very loudly said that they're disgusting pieces of poop and that perhaps at home, they find it normal to put crap on their dining table. In a modern society, however, that's not a thing. Please start behaving like people, not even animals crap where they eat. The waitress was pissed as well, but said nothing. I stopped liking that restaurant afterwards. I didn't mind it though because it became a popular place for mothers to take a coffee break while their children annoy the other visitors. Is anybody else actually also very annoyed at the restaurant not taking any kind of stand here? If they're complacent in this situation, they're basically putting a big advertisement on this, pun intended, crappy situation. Like with OP's experience here, they only stand to reinforce entitled mothers like this to keep coming back and running away people who don't want people who change their babies on the dining room table. Our next story is by Frangapani Hawaii. Sign mortgage documents for you to buy a condo because you don't want to be inconvenienced? So a little background about me. I'm an only child, 30s year old female. Parents divorced when I was around 10 and have never had a good relationship with my mother. As per my mother, I didn't even like being held by her as an infant. I lived with her till I was 18 and couldn't handle living with her any longer and moved in with my father. I admit I was a horrible teenager to my mother and we fought 24-7 or just didn't talk. I just wanted to be left alone and she wanted to be BFFs. I own my condo, no debt, savings, and live a lifestyle more on the frugal side. Background on mother, 70s. Grew up in wealth, blew a rather substantial trust fund, history of credit card debt, did work but no real retirement fund, and now living off deceased parents' trust where she gets more per year than the average annual US income. Despite living in the same city, I would see her a few times at most per year, mainly holidays. I'll admit I was never exactly warm during those times, and she would make comments about how much she knows it pains me to be around her. I'd make an effort to call her once a month. She would almost never answer, and I'd sometimes get an email or text message in response. I feel she's highly critical, history of emotional blackmail, and has narcissistic traits. Her comments are only, because I care and, I wouldn't be your mother if I didn't say, i.e. expressing her concerns if I had children because they'd be more screwed up than me. I had some typical mental health issues as a teen. I give an inch and she wants a mile kind of thing, i.e. wants photos of me. I give her one, but it's not close enough and I have sunglasses on. Trivial, but you get my point. So during early COVID, I get a call from her wanting to discuss something. Basically, she wants to sign a purchasing contract and mortgage papers for a yet-to-be-constructed. Since she's retired and her income's from a trust, she can't get a loan for the deposit and doesn't have the cash. I know a few costly things she spent her money on in the last few years that I don't agree with, but not like it was having an impact on me. She owns her house but doesn't want to sell prior to the condo being built. So she wants me to take out a mortgage for a million dollars with early access of the $120,000 deposit. But as per her, it's fine because the condo will be in my name and she'll make the payments till she sells her house. When I say discussion, I'm told the contract is being drafted and I need to make an appointment with my bank. 
For a brief moment, I considered lending her the cash, but then I'd be broke. Also, I have no trust when it comes to finances and my mother due to her history. So after using my brain and consulting with a few people who can be objective, I struggle when it comes to my mother, I told her unfortunately I was not in a position to help her. Then the insults start on how I'm consulting with the wrong people. These people clearly aren't educated and I'm passing up a good opportunity for my credit. And of course, because of me, she lost out on the condo. She then refused to talk to me as this was the final straw in our fraught relationship. I tried to contact her for many months, maybe over a year, until I told her I was moving countries and I wanted to try and make some repairs to our relationship before I left. Oh, got some nice comments about that too. We did sit down and talk prior to me leaving, but not about the condo. I'm trying to be civil, but after so many years of A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Comments, it's really hard. Now, to the added kick of an update, while speaking to my mother yesterday... She brought up her application for citizenship to where she currently lives has been accepted. She submitted this about 12 months ago and could take up to another 12 months for the ceremony to receive the certificate. She's doing this with the plan to renounce her birth country citizenship due to tax reasons. All fine and good, not like she's getting any government assistance. But what made me want to say, are you freaking serious, is when she mentioned it's not till she receives the citizenship certificate that she'll look at selling her house because of the taxes she would have to pay to the country she no longer lives. So if I had have actually said yes to her, she wouldn't be selling her house anytime soon. It was so hard not to confront her, but not like it would have achieved anything. Honestly, I think this is one of those things that As you go on in life, you continue learning more and more how to cope and work with it. Like OP said, by the end, they had learned, you know, you better not give anything to them. 
without being sure that it's an okay decision. One thing OP can enjoy is looking at this and understanding that in retrospect, they made the right decision. Like they're not on the hook with hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. Just a small loan of a million dollars. This next story is from the number seven. Entitled person demands that my mom stop smoking prescribed MJ. So my mom, 43-year-old female, works with this client who's hard-pressed on wondering when we're moving, so much so that she moved to a rich neighborhood. So my mom was smoking her medical marijuana in her car. She wasn't driving as it's hard to get high for her since her brain surgery, and the client drove up to her in her bike and walked up to her. Why are you smoking? Don't you have a daughter? She asked. My mom told her off, and at work, she told the district manager who was mad. Needless to say, the district manager told mom she can do whatever as long as she isn't working with a client and hurting anyone. After that, the client continues to harass my mom. Some people don't change. This person is definitely ridiculous, but I would be careful about smoking in the car. I know some places are ridiculously strict to the point where like if you're just sitting in the driver's seat smoking, you can still get like a charge for a DUI or something like that. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I have heard of it happening. Our next story is from Bucket Socks. Entitled Mother Melts Down on My Appearance, Race, and Music Taste. To start off our lovely story, I'm 14-year-old female. I'm very visibly indigenous and what some people would like to call goth. I don't label my style. I like bands from Mayhem, Cannibal Corpse, to bands like Slipknot or Korn and even classic rock like Motley Crue, Def Leppard, etc. I have, I guess, a very scary appearance? I'm 5'8", long, split, dyed pink and black hair, and a strong build. To often maintain my health, I tend to go on 5-7 to walks a day that often last 20 minutes to an hour and a half, as it's summer and I love the outdoors. I'm visiting my mom, who lives in a different city than I do, so people don't recognize me, unlike people in my hometown do. In my hometown, people know I walk around. There goes OP on her walk. But in my mom's area, they have no idea who I am. This takes us to today. I was taking, I believe, my fourth walk of the day. I break up my walks based on the time of day, energy, and what I have planned. I was wearing a stadium tour shirt that had Motley Crue on it. Amazing show, by the way. Loved that concert. A white studded belt and skinny jeans. Nothing over the top. All black except the belt. I was still riding out of the high of seeing my first concert and it being my favorite bands. So I was playing my stadium tour playlist, which is just the songs Joan Jett, Poison, Def Leppard, and Motley Crue played at the shows I went to. When this encounter with this gremlin happened, something by Def Leppard was playing. It was either hysteria or pour some sugar on me. I was noticing a woman walking fairly close behind me with her dogs and kids. So close I could hear her talking over my headphones which were fairly loud. Usually I can't hear my dad talking to me with them on, so she was definitely really close. I felt a very sharp tap on my shoulder. Anxiety filled me as I turned around. Entitled mother looked at me fuming. I took off my headphones to speak to her. Hello? She says, you cannot be listening to that devil worshipping music around my kids. Very dumbfounded I looked around. I say, well, you can just pass me. I mean, like, I'm not stopping you. It's a public sidewalk. She scoffed. Turn it off. I don't want my children seeing a devil-worshipping Indian. 
I'm in shock, as where my mom's located is indigenous land that was stolen, and not that far from the reserve and other such stuff. I didn't know what to say. This is a public space. I can listen to music on my headphones, I say as I slide my headphones back on and walk away. This lady proceeds to follow me halfway home, until I decided to book it and run home. I don't mean to get all dramatic about this story, but I've heard a few stories that are pretty well known that sound a lot like this, where some lunatic sees somebody walking around, minding their own business, and the lunatic thinks they're some suspect or that they've got something fishy going on them and they trail them. Like I'm just imagining somebody like that being armed without their kids being around, that takes it up on themselves to try to be a vigilante. The basic formula that OP described here has led to some real tragedies. Our next story is from Aquarium Psychotic. Mother watched and laughs at her kid attacking a duck. This happened a few years ago and is my step-grandma's story. She was driving home from the store and on the corner two little craps were beating up a poor duck. The kid's mother was just watching and laughing. My step-grandma, the saint that she is, stepped in yelling at the kids and mother for just watching and doing nothing. She took the poor duck to a bird rescue in our town. I asked about it every few days because she was keeping in touch with the animal rescue because she was worried about the poor thing. Sadly, the duck had to be put down because it was unable to eat due to the injuries it had. My step-grandma was furious and heartbroken. I'm not kidding when I say that these people should have been reported to the police and charged. Animal cruelty is a very real and very serious thing. And I feel like hearing stories like this wouldn't fail to piss off the majority of people out there. You tell me that you come up to a parent and their kids literally beating up a duck for no reason and you call 911? I think just about everybody's going to support that usage of 911 or the equivalent of your local emergency services. This next story is from The Real Sand, entitled Uncle Teases My Dad After We Help Them. So my uncle, entitled uncle, my aunt, entitled aunt, and their five kids had to leave their house because it wasn't well kept. There were cockroaches everywhere. Side note, my dad, entitled uncle, and one of their other brothers are triplets, and entitled uncle takes full advantage of that. When he got pulled over, he tried to say that he was my dad. That was until my dad shaved his head bald. I'm pretty sure that caused entitled uncle to have some resentment towards my father. My grandpa, entitled uncle's dad, offered to let them stay at his old house for pretty good rent and as long as they made sure it was well kept. The only reason he asked them to do that was because that was the home he planned to spend the rest of his life in. So they moved in and all was well for a few years. That was until my uncle didn't pay his power bill. Eventually the city turned off their power. But my uncle is kind of crazy. So he decided to steal a transformer from an abandoned property and set it up at my grandpa's property. The city caught wind of this and sent something to Entitled Uncle, which caused him to get his family and whatever they could fit in their two cars and flee to another state. But that's not where the story ends. Entitled Uncle and his family moved in with his aunt and uncle and stayed there for a year, completely for free until his uncle decided he should have been able to save enough money to get back on their feet. After that, they left Texas and came back, but this time they moved in with my grandma, my aunt's mom. This will be further explained in the second chunk of context. So, before they moved to my grandpa's old house, my cousin had a son that wasn't expected. Everything was fine with him, but she wasn't a great mom. She mostly left him with entitled aunt. 
Well, after they moved into my grandpa's old house, cousin had another unexpected son. Except meth was found in cousin's system before she gave birth. That was when Child Protective Services started to get involved. Cousin had her third and so far last child while they were across the country. But this time, they found meth in the child system. As I said, when they moved back, they moved in with my grandma, but now cousin wasn't allowed in the same house as her kids at night because CPS feared she might run away with them. So my parents agreed to let Entitled Aunt come to their house with cousin's kids at night. This happened every night for months until this happened. So now that the long exposition is over, let's get into the story. A few months prior to this, my grandma found out that she has lung cancer. This caused her to lay in bed all day. She's lost a ton of weight and got very weak. Because of this, my parents and I were planning on visiting her, but plans changed as we became more busy. Not long after, my dad's sister passed away. It'll come back up later. One weekend, me and my parents went out to lunch since we had a free day. Afterwards, we decided to go visit my grandma. When we got there, we started to talk to my grandma, telling her that she needed to start getting up more and walking to try to stop her from becoming more weak. The whole time, my mother's brother was agreeing with us. Eventually, my grandma gave my mom a bunch of shorts, to which my mom handed them to my dad and asked them to take them to the car. Once he got to the steps of the porch, Entitled Uncle stopped him and started saying that we were pretentious and that we think we're better than everyone. To me, the worst thing he said, though, was that we only came there because sister died. After that, he just kept going on about how we weren't welcome there. It's not his house. He then pulled out a taser, a taser, and stuck it to my dad's gut and zapped him. Luckily, my dad's pretty strong, so the tase didn't take him down or anything. But then my mom's brother ran out and started yelling about how we're horrible and that he was going to get a gang and beat my dad up. My parents and I got ready to leave, but first my mom, angry for pretty obvious reasons, told Entitled Aunt that she would need to find somewhere else for her and the kids to stay at night. Entitled Aunt then started saying that her and the kids weren't part of that, even though she was the one who told Entitled Uncle that we were bossing everyone around. But there's still more. On the way back home, my dad kept getting messages from Entitled Uncle, saying that my dad is a wussy and that my uncle was going 90 miles an hour following us. He wasn't. Since this happened, neither Entitled Uncle or Entitled Aunt have reached out to us unless they needed something. We've also hardly heard from my grandma, but that's fine. We try to avoid entitled people anyway. I understand that some of the things we did probably weren't the best, but I feel like we were justified. I feel like the grandma is being just taken advantage of here. And honestly, I think they're just being so darn hostile, not because they're entitled, but because they're trying to protect the grandma who they're mooching off of. Honestly, I feel like the grandma's kind of doomed to just suffer with these people because they're not going to be the ones that push them to get better. They're just going to take whatever they can. And our final story of the day is from Jakira101. Entitled mother demands $500 every month from 15-year-old daughter. Hello all, just as the title suggests, my mother's demanding $250 out of every paycheck, $500 per month, from me, her 15-year-old daughter. For context, I recently landed an amazing internship at a healthcare company, for which I'm being generously compensated. However, my mom's now demanding $500 per month, stating that it's my inherent duty to help out and pay bills. 
Her reasoning being she's provided a roof over my head, clothes on my back, etc. for as long as I can remember. Now, I would understand if we were essentially penniless or impoverished, however the contrary is true. We're fairly established, and although not wealthy, we are financially stable. The only reason she wants me to provide this is so she can have extra money in her pocket, which she already has. My mom has always tried to control the money I've earned, taking my debit card whenever she's upset with me, yelling at me as a 14-year-old for not offering to pay my older brother's prison commissary, yes, you read that correctly, and a myriad of other things. She stated that I'm selfish, and although I try to convince myself otherwise, sometimes I believe what she accuses has merit or truth. I think the important thing for OP to keep in mind is they're definitely trying to bother OP mentally. They're trying to put them down and guilt trip them so they feel more obligated to give up the stuff that they earn. 14 year old, 15 year old, 25 year old, it doesn't matter. If you make it yourself, it's yours. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy entitled parent story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.